Eisenhower, there we go. Uh, you're getting a lot of attention today because we're learning. Well, thank you again for the invitation to come and to share from God's Word with you. Um, one thing it does, it keeps me active, and that's important because you can grow stale if you're, if you're not active. Do you agree with that? I uh, just want to share some thoughts that have uh, come and gone from me, but I put some of them down. Um, I'm thinking that this is truly new times, new energies are required, new methodology to grow churches, etc., etc., etc. And something that has intrigued me in the last uh, few months was the trips you can take to uh, outer space. Um, the Galactica, Virgin Galactica. It'll take you up 57 miles into the air. For you who are younger, 86 kilometers. Take you into orbit and uh, on a space travel. And uh, one day, uh, you can go. But the cost is about uh, a quarter million dollars. And the trip will last two hours. So in contemplating that, I thought I would have to live in West Prince. Troy said this morning, the potato farmers are doing well, and the fishermen are doing well. So they can probably afford it. <laughs> There's a new math curriculum that came out in the 70s, and some of it's still beyond me. I'm still struggling with the metric system, but I'm getting most of it. But something that is concerning me, I don't know if you know it or not, but my daughter-in-law is the Deputy Minister of Education for the province of Prince Edward Island. And I get to listen in on a lot of conversations around new curriculum, things of that nature. The new health and sexuality curriculum that's being introduced and taught in our schools from kindergarten up to grade 12 are causing concerns. I remember as a young man, and that's a few years ago, when Paula was studying to be a nurse, I remember hearing older men and women, they were, my goodness, up in their 60s or 70s then. <laughs> they would say, the world is moving away too fast. And they were basically saying the song that was popular in those days, Stop the World and Let Me Off, made famous by people like Merle Haggard or Patsy Cline. Lately, I've been asking, is that me now? Is that me now? The world is not what I'm used to, and it's moving so rapidly. I know uh, I have a granddaughter. Well, I have seven grandchildren. I have a, a great-grandson, by the way. I seen him this morning before I came. He came over from Halifax, and uh, it's great to, to have the next generation coming along. He's gorgeous. But my granddaughter, who was studying nursing, by the way, um, we uh, are quite close. And so she received a text one, one day, and it uh, was uh, some boy wanting to ask her out on a date. And I thought, hmm, he texts you to ask you out on a date. Yeah. <laughs> Times are changing. When I asked your grandmother out on a date, I would look her straight in the eye 
and she could resist. <laughs> I said, do you like being uh, asked to be in someone's presence, especially a boy at a date, through texting? Oh, I don't mind. Why, why does your generation do that? She says, it's easier if you're rejected. <laughs> and how did you do with this young man? She said, I rejected the date. I said, you're a smart girl. And by the way, anybody that's interested in you, you tell them to talk to me first. <laughs> Is the world moving too fast? And what about this thing called retirement? Sometimes I feel, why not? Why not just accept it and retire? But you know, that would be a major, major mistake. And then you look at the responsibility of forth telling the word of God. And that is a very huge responsibility. Prophets of today are forth tellers. For the scriptures already foretold everything that's going to happen. So we are basically presenters of the prophets of old. And we look at the scripture and our responsibility is to deliver it with persuasion so that our hearers will grasp it and God's Holy Spirit will inspire it and lead you to higher ground. Thank God the scriptures are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginnings and the ends. It's complete. It's complete from Genesis through to Revelation. It tells us all about creation. It tells us about that one we worship called Christ Jesus. It tells us about the Holy Spirit of God coming and residing in his people, his chosen people who have chosen to serve God through Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to tell us how we are to live, what we are to be, and how we are to do it. It's complete. It's complete. The Holy Word, which was written by holy men, inspired by the Holy Spirit. In our slide one, there's a scripture this morning, Isaiah 55, 12. Just let me read this to you. It's on, your, on the screen. It says, you will indeed go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst with song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Braxton, can you give me slide two? I want to read a song to you. It's the 96th song, starting on verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. That sounds like an audience happy with the results and their willingness to rejoice. God is going to make all things right. Amen. These changes we're experiencing 
might be disruptive and not very pleasant, but God is going to make all things right. Amen. The Holy Word of God tells me that. The holy men who wrote it were inspired by God himself. In Romans, the writer wrote, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the child of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. And in verse 22 and 23, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as it as his pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Braxton, slide three, please. I title this message, Created Creation and Judgment, the Foundation of Hope. Creation and judgment, the foundation of hope. When we think of um, the creation uh, word or the thoughts behind it, it brings us to the events, of course, that are found in Genesis, the beginnings. It says, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the moon, the stars, the skies. He created the land, the seas, and everything in it. God created. He created the Garden of Eden. He created man and woman. And everything he created, he said, was good. But with man and woman, he said, it's very good. He added an adverb there. And in that Garden of Eden, we see, read in the scriptures, that beautiful relation between God and his creatures. That got destroyed, you see. Sin entered and it destroyed. It's the cost of disobedience. Amazing grace. What did it save us from? And what's it saving us to? In God's judgment, he will make things right, we're told in Romans. He will judge with righteousness. And uh, as I was preparing this, there's more into it about creation than there is in judgment, but I want to say this thing. We will all be judged by our choices. And all God's doing in judgment is honoring our choices. Whether we want to serve him or whether we want to go it alone, we make those choices and God honors it. God, in his wisdom, gives us a solution for what's happening around us. And the beauty of scripture is a simplicity. The beauty of the gospel of hope in God is so simple. You all know it. The golden text of the Bible tells the whole story in a mere verse. It's John 3.16. You know it. Repeat it with me. For God so loved the world. They took Jesus, they humiliated him, they put him on a cross, they killed him, 
They buried him, but he didn't stay there. Amen. He rose again. He rose unto new life, the first child. And we who are receiving him as our personal Savior, and I say are receiving him because God is changing us from glory to glory on a daily basis if we're obedient to him. <clears throat> and that keeps me from retiring. God so loved the world. Easter came. The most exciting time of the year is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is where I want to strike you today. This is the new creation. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the beginning of the new creation. Sometimes we wait for the hereafter but my friends, I'm here to tell you today it's begun. The new creation has begun through Christ Jesus' resurrection. And that's the good news of the gospel. And it's the good news of hope. I want to illustrate this. When a musical conductor composes, it doesn't have any effect until it is played out by the musicians the symphony. In order for his work to be complete, it has to be played out by people playing percussion instruments, wind instruments, stringed instruments, singing, violinists, musicians, orchestras, being led by a conductor. Then the composure is met, meets its full purpose and potential. Likewise, in God's plan, it's written, God is the composer. He has written a plan, but that plan doesn't have effect until it's played out. Who's the conductor? The Holy Spirit of God is directing the lives of us who receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Who are the musicians in the plan of God? It's us Christians, you and I, who claim to be disciples of Christ Jesus. We are God's orchestra playing for the benefit of the world. This is not just for ourselves. We play for the benefit of the world with an audience of one who sees, and that audience of one is none other than God, the creator of everything and of the new creation which is found in the followers of Christ Jesus. We are not Christians to ourselves. And I brag on you and I clap my hands when I hear that you're having junior church for two groups of people. Churches are having struggles getting one group together. You're doing well. Keep it up. God works was only begun in Jesus' resurrection. And this is why on the night when the risen Christ finally appeared to his disciples, he breathed on them and said, As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. What Jesus began, he meant to be complete. And how can you be a part of Jesus Christ's work of restoration? Not just for people, but for the whole world. 
that the Creator intended? Are we having sound problems here? Or am I getting feedback, or is it just me? I have two new hearing aids. I should have left them home. <laughs> I used to control my wife with no hearing. <laughs> speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still others, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. God, the conductor, the Holy Spirit leading us. We, the orchestra, playing what he composes. Have you ever given a gift to a small child and watched the reaction? It doesn't have to be a big gift. The surprise is always so moving. But when I give a gift to a child, especially my grandchildren, I enjoy their reaction so much. And it reminds me that when God gives me a gift and he sees me using it and enjoying it, I think he smiles. When he gives you a gift, he sees you using it. He smiles. God is still creating. The Lord's model prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not for future times, that's for today. God wants to bring heaven to earth and we are playing the parts that he has given to us. I'm concluding, uh, praise team, creation and judgment, the foundation of hope. God will put all things right. Paul again in Corinthians 15, the, the apostle pro, uh, boldly proclaimed a divine victory so sweeping and comprehensive that death itself would be, he says, swallowed up and would be no more. He said, grave, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? But he didn't say relax and wait for the second coming. He didn't say relax and wait for the resurrection. No, he wrote, you must stand firm. You must be unshakable, excelling in the work the Lord has already because you know that your labor isn't going to be for nothing in the Lord. How can you trust that every effort to make the world more like the kingdom of God isn't going to be for nothing? The biggest reason is the Bible tells me. So, God bless us. Praise to you.